Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Incredible run by the Nigerian nightmare. Oh, it's Oh, baby, what a play. Woo-hoo. Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discussed the Chiefs Super Bowl ring ceremony and some news on Carlos Dunlap and some other notes. Joe, uh, since we last talked, the Chiefs had a very cool affair uh, in which they received their Super Bowl 57 rings. It was a red carpet. It was at Union Station. Andy Reid even wore a tux. Joe, there was a ton of uh, media. It is interesting. I don't remember this much coverage when a team received this rings. So I, I, w- I was wondering what your thoughts. Do you think, think the Chiefs are just making up for last time subdued, subdued ceremony because it was during the pandemic? Does it just seem like the news is everywhere since we kind of cover the team and so it's just more, more, it's more in front of us? Or is it social media is bigger than ever? Or was it always covered like this? What's your, what's your take on this? Yes, 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 and yes. Right? <laughs> I mean, look, you, 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 nailed, you nailed it all, right? I mean, look, you, you win a Super Bowl and you want to really celebrate. And even if it was a normal, what we would call a normal ring ceremony, you know, the Chiefs didn't get to do it with COVID, right? So, of course, they're going to ratchet up the next ring ceremony, right? So, I think, number one, that probably, to me, played the biggest factor. And the 50-year right? wait, too. I, I should have mentioned right. that as well. I mean, you know, you, you're right. We wait 50 years, we win a Super Bowl, and then, you know, the team can't really celebrate, right, because it's during COVID. So that that was probably something in the back of everybody's mind, like, we're going to do this upright. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you throw in the fact that, look, every year things just seem to get more and more Hollywood like in the yeah. NFL, right? Whether it's the draft or even the combine, right? I mean, going to the combine and having it fully televised for 48, 72, however long it is, straight hours, right? Probably so the schedule. Like how, how crazy has that become the schedule? Putting out videos with schedules. Like I just think everything is yeah. ratcheted up, right? And social media helps. Um people wanting more from football. I think, look, I think football is really, you know, catching on. Like the, the Chiefs did it, they did it at a time where the NBA is done, right? The NHL is done. Baseball's baseball. Like I love baseball, but you know, it's a 162 game season. So it's not like people are going to not watch or get involved in the chief's ring ceremony to, you know, see, you know, a baseball game or something. Cause they've Certainly got a hundred Royals fans. Well, are not especially gonna, the Royals. Given, given right. the way, uh, Oh man, the way the Royals are playing now, that's, that's certainly going to be on the back burner. <laughs> to achieve so that's a, yeah. So that's a, so that's an oddball comment that I just made about how it could have helped ratchet it up a little bit. Right. I mean, so I just think, I just think in general, things are more, you know, it was a, it was a really, the timing was great to make mm-hmm. it really special. Um, the, vi- like the video thing on inside the box with the player's picture, mm-hmm. the ring itself, the, the fact that the, the lid basically comes off and you've got arrowhead underneath. I thought that was one of the coolest features I've ever seen on a ring. I just think the fact that the face is removable and you've got arrowhead stadium underneath, what a memory that is going to be for these guys to hold that ring 20, 30 years from now, you know, and, and, and lift that thing up and see arrowheads. Like this is, 
the thing is, it's a cut. Well, most Super Bowl rings are conversation pieces, but this thing takes it <laughs> to the next level, right? I mean, so I, I just think, yeah, I mean, the fact that they had their autograph inside, right? Like a, a replica of their autograph. Like there was there was a lot of neat touches. And, you know, I think, you know, look, maybe maybe in in some way, I don't want to, I don't want to go off on too crazy of a tangent, but maybe in some way they wanted to do this for, for Mrs. Hunt too. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and sort of say, you know what, let's, let's celebrate this. And maybe it was already planned before she had, you know, passed, but like, whatever, maybe they decided that it was something they really wanted to do to honor her memory and, and, the, and, and the Hunt family that have gone before this generation and, and, and really make it special. Cause I think people realize how hard it is to really win a Super Bowl. You know, I think most of the plans were probably done before, you know, or yeah. it also could have been that she had been sick for a bit. But, Joe, you did hit on something there that they had the inscription from Lamar saying something like, oh, this is my favorite favorite place or favorite home, whatever that saying was, was inside the ring. So they were, you're right. They were very cognizant of the Hunt family and wanted to represent that. So that's that's a good Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. I, I think it was great for the team. I think it was great for the NFL. Now here's, here's where it gets exciting is what is the next team going to do to top that? Yeah. How, right. so how could you, it's, it's, it's going to be a ratcheting effect and we're going to, we're going to see that for sure next year. You know, whoever soon, wins the Super Bowl. It's not going to fit on a hand or you're going to need Joe a hand like your <laughs> combine record breaking uh, <laughs> hand width to, to, to be able to, to hold one of these. Um, They're going to become paperweights. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. For some very large, very massive papers. Uh, Joe, a moving uh, story from the ring ceremony, uh, Carlos Dunlap had given his father the ring he earned after winning a uh, BCS title at Florida. Um, and so he had told him to keep it until he got an NFL ring. Well, Carlos's father was killed in a car accident before last season, he was actually a pedestrian and it was just struck. Um, so anyhow, Carlos wore that old ring, which had damage from that car accident, along with the Chiefs one, and, and took a lot of pictures of that and said how meaningful it was. So there's there's a also with this ring ceremony, a lot of interesting, um, you know, meaningful stories like that. And I, I got this because I had a long interview with Carlos. And it sounds like, Joe, the door hasn't closed on him playing with the the Chiefs. He's 34, but he definitely wants to play somewhere. Um, and we know Brett Veach's history. He's so good at bringing in veteran edge rushers. Terrell Suggs, for the first Super Bowl championship. Melvin Ingram, uh, the year before Dunlap joined, who's also a free agent and could be another guy along with Clowney, former Chiefs edge rusher, Justin Houston. I think a lot of people assumed that Dunlap would follow Suggs's um, what Suggs did and kind of walk off into the sunset, but he clearly wants to play. Joe, your thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible recipe that these new age capologists and general managers have to have to cook up in the kitchen when, when they're trying to get the right combination of people out there between salary cap money and, developing young talent and do you, do you know do you take a roster spot away from somebody that you want to develop um you know do you need that roster spot somewhere else because they've got some young depth do you keep the veteran like i really don't envy the chiefs in the carlos dunlap situation because i think he's such a valuable piece of what they do he brings such a a great uh flavor to the locker room right um and i and i think he really he really complemented this team very well and fit in really well so 
I'm, 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 I hope, I hope personally hope they can, I hope they can make it work. I, 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 I'm a big believer in keeping veteran leadership around, you know, especially when you're, uh, you know, when you're on the precipice of, of sort of dynasty type talk mm-hmm. now that we're talking about this team as a dynasty. I mean, I think they've maybe already hit that area, but you know, if they really want to take it to the next level and get that next Super Bowl and, you know, add Super Bowl number four and three in this sort of generation or this uh, era, then, you know, they might have to, they might have to make some sacrifices on some youth to keep veterans around like Carlos Dunlap. And more on uh, Carlos Dunlap, but first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Joe, in this story, basically, I interviewed Carlos Dunlap for Forbes, and it kind of came about um, a cool way that I, last year, he was talking during some press conferences when he joined the team. He was talking about his brunch spot called the Honey Uninhibited uh, in, in Miami, where he lives during the offseason that he runs. And I'm like, man, that that is perfect for a Forbes story. Forbes. I write for Forbes and Forbes loves um, stories about athletes who are entrepreneurs, what they're doing off the field. And so I, I reached out to um, the chiefs aren't particularly accommodating in this era. They have, they get so much attention in the Mahomes era. So I reached out to um, Carlos Dunlap is represented by Drew Rosenhaus and they're usually pretty media friendly. So I reached out to them and Carlos is really, he's really into the restaurant. It's, it's really cool looking. The food looks, he sent pictures. It looks delicious and so he was really receptive to it so wrote an article about his restaurant how he's growing it and he had some football stuff into it and he really liked it and so i i reached out you know after the season you know i hadn't heard much about him so i was kind of curious um so i reached out to him and he's opening actually a, uh, another another branch of honey uninhibited the brunch restaurant in cincinnati where he started his career so he wanted to talk about that and I said, you know, great. Let's also talk if it's cool. Some other NFL stuff. We'll focus a little bit more um, on the NFL stuff if it's cool, but definitely mention your restaurant. So that's kind of how I, I got to talk to him uh, for 20 minutes. It was really interesting to hear how much he still wants to be. The door is still open. The Chiefs right now don't have a lot of cap space, so I think they will add somebody, whether it's Dunlap or not. But I think the Chris Jones extension has to happen first. And, you know, mm-hmm. they know they can, with all these veterans out there, they can get somebody, um, you know, closer to the season, maybe into training camp, maybe even into the season, as was the case for Ingram um, and Suggs. So, anyhow, yeah, it was a very interesting experience, Joe. And um, he also had some thoughts on the, the Bengals-Chiefs rivalry that I'll get into. But I was curious, Joe, if you had any questions about what, what Dunlap uh, said or revealed. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I love, you know, I, I think you're spot on with, uh, you know, with, with Forbes and, and what you did in that article kind of pointing out how, you know, the magazine loves, you know, taking a look, not just at, at the, the, the sort of the money side of, of football and the players and and what you do there and, and all the, the really cool things that you write about. But I, I love the fact that, that they want to do things on entrepreneurs and show, mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, the world that football players can, can parlay what they do into things and into their passions, right? Like, like this. And my goodness, boy, the picture that you had, uh, that, that was posted that you, you know, I'm sure with your editorial content, uh, advising, you made sure that, that, uh, that picture would look the way it did because the chicken and waffles and the chicken sandwich and the lobster mac and cheese look, I mean, Delicious, come man. on. It was, that was some really good stuff. And what, what nice, nice takes that, you know, they did on it, um, on that food. So, you know, I love low country food. I, I, you know, I lived in the South for, for six months when I was with the Birmingham fire, when we vacation, we'll go down to mm-hmm. Charleston and Savannah and eat, eat, you know, kind of that low country style food. And I, I love it. So, uh, you know, I'm going to definitely have to, uh, make a trip to, uh, to one of the honey uninhibiteds that, uh, you know, if I'm ever, if I'm ever in a town. So, I think uh, I think that's fantastic um, that he's doing it, and and I, I was inspired by reading your article about him. Well, thanks, Joe. And he was born. You mentioned Charleston. He was born there, so it really is uh, low country uh, fruit from there, and it, it certainly looks good. And about his entrepreneurial pursuits, he's a really sharp guy. He when he was with the Bengals, he got his uh, MBA from the University of Miami. Again, he he lived in Miami the offseason. So I mean that. You know how you're, you've gotten your MBA. You know how tough that is to let alone when you're uh, an NFL, an active NFL player at the time. And his thoughts on the Bengals were really interesting. I, I had thought he kind of pushed to get traded from the Bengals, so I thought there was some probably some bad blood there still. Um, but th- but there's not at all. He says that he wants to retire as a Bengal. You know, one day ceremoniously, that one day contract. But he he definitely left it out. He made it known. That you know, he doesn't think he'll sign with the the Bengals because they they drafted a defensive end in the in um the the first round. They have some pretty good defensive line uh, depth. Um, you know, they have Hubbard's a young guy. They have I'm I'm forgetting his name. The guy, the free agent from the Saints, really right. good player. Um, DJ Reader on the inside. Um, but but so kind of an interesting angle there that he's so. Um, he, he's patched things up with the Bengals. I think part of it, they actually sent uh, the team executive sent um, when his dad passed away, they sent him flowers, which I think went a long way to mending fences. And apparently it was hard to find, you know, it wasn't necessarily easy to find the funeral home where he was buried. And then they had looked it up, done the research to do that. His former coach, Marvin Lewis sent flowers and a lot of players and executives are actually going uh, this weekend, they're having a tasting, kind of a, a dry run at the Honey Uninhibited location um, in Covington, Kentucky, outside Cincinnati. And a lot of Bengals players are, 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 and executives um, are, are going to that. So they've really mended fences, and it's kind of interesting. It's, it's another, like, Bengals-Chiefs thing. There's been so much <laughs> back and forth between these franchises where they, you know, back-to-back championship yeah, no. games you know burrowhead there's the mayor there's orlando brown and here's kind of another guy who's who's played with both teams maybe maybe joins one of them uh again next season yeah it's i'll tell you that i maybe you know obviously because we're close to it with the chiefs but it just seems like the the bengals chiefs thing is kind of taking off yeah you know the whole it's taking over for the whole nfl sort of uh off-season trash talk uh session uh, they seem to be dominating the conversation, which is, which is great. And, you know, I can't I wait, it. you know, I love it. It's, it's fun. It, it keeps people interested. It gets them fired up and keeps them motivated through these slower months when you're, you know, we're trying to get to the season, but Jeff, we're not that far away, man. It's, it's going to be here before we know it. You know, as you know, summer always flies. 
the next thing you know, players will be off to what I like to call, you know, vacation training camp. Uh, you it know, is, compared it to, is vacation compared to what you went through in Marty Schott yeah. on this day. It is, I feel it is vacation. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll, uh, but, but everybody's anxious to get the season started and eager to get it started. It's, it's going to be a lot of teams made a lot of moves, a lot of big names moving around. Right. I mean, just to pull some out of the top of my head, you know, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing going to the jets. Come on. Who mm-hmm. would have ever thought that? I mean, that was like a, that was almost like a Brett Favre, Tom Brady-esque type, you know, move, right? People that you thought were going to retire somewhere. Next thing you know, they're announcing that they're going somewhere else um, for a fresh start. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of drama this season. I think the NFL did a good job with the schedule and in, in, in keeping it fresh. And and um, you know, I think I think most leagues are starting to move away from that now, right? I mean, you look at what Major League Baseball is doing, right, with this balanced schedule and you know, uh, like for example, I, you know, follow the Phillies cause I live here in Philly and you know, it was the first time they've played the Braves all year and it's June, you know, it's June, middle of June. And, uh, the Braves have always been their biggest rival because they're in the NL East. Right. And first time they're playing because it's this whole balanced schedule. So it's, um, I think the NFL seems like it's moving in that direction. They don't, they're throwing the whole conference thing out, right. Where, you know, it seems like you played one conference every four years, you know, because of the, you know, the four conference uh, or four division, uh, you know, the four divisions in each conference. And back when, you know, when we were playing, there was only three, but, you know, it was, it was, it was like a rotation. So when you played the Eagles, you didn't see the Eagles again for another couple of years, right? At least um, until you cycled back again, when the AFC West played the NFC East, which was, you know, on a rotation. And sometimes you didn't even play them because if you were eliminating the fifth place games, right? Uh, for the fourth place games. So yeah, I, 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 I think the NFL is doing a good job of, of keeping that, um, you know, moving in that direction as far as keeping these rivalries going, because, you know, really in the old days, they wouldn't have played the big, the Bengals and the bills this many times in a row in seasons, right. Because of the rotational schedule. I, and I, I like, it. I think chiefs Bengals is becoming the rivalry. And I think the NFL kind of, uh, needed one, you know, with, uh, uh, some of the some of the classic guys, Brady, gone and stuff like that. I think they're they're needed uh, to be one. I think the Chiefs actually kind of needed one too. Is that typically you would think it would be Chiefs Broncos or Chiefs Raiders, uh, but yeah. those teams have struggled so much of late. I think there was, you know, it, it's more fun. It's like when you had Colts Patriots during the Brady Manning era. Uh, Joe, you mentioned the uh, NFC East. Um, that's a good segue because. Kadarius Tony, Chiefs receiver Kadarius Tony, had some interesting things to say about his former NFC East team, the Giants, who drafted Joe. Your 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 thoughts on, on that? Well, you know, when you live on the East Coast, you know, the old middle finger salute is basically <laughs> what you know happens every day on a highway here or out in the streets. Uh, but yeah, I think you know the Kadarius thing with you know telling telling everybody where he's going to be wearing his Super Bowl ring and in uh in relationship to uh to, to new york's uh dismissing him i think that's a pretty pretty gutsy trash talk there but you know look he, he, I, I can only imagine when when somebody gets you know sort of in a situation like that where you find yourself getting traded and 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 you really i don't think Kadarius. i, I really don't i mean I, I don't know you probably know this better than i do jeff and 
I don't think he really wanted to leave New York. I don't, I don't think he was some, I think he was somebody who enjoyed playing there. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't that contentious, mm-hmm. you know, poor ad- atmosphere for him. And I think it was it, not that it caught him by surprise, but it was just like, Oh man, you, you know, I, you don't value me. I'm, you know, and then, and then he's out. And I think I could see why a player would have that kind of feeling after, especially the, when you win the Super Bowl the next year, mm-hmm. you know, if he would have gone to the chiefs and they didn't win the Super Bowl this year, maybe not next year, but then they won it again in three years, it's old, it's water under the bridge, yeah. now it's but it's fresh. still, it's yeah. still fresh, right? It's still fresh with him. And, uh, you know, I like it. I like it. It's, 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 you know, this is the kind of stuff that makes the off season fun. Totally. Like Joe, I, I'm probably, I'm the type of guy that you kind of old school mentality, you do your job, you, you don't talk about it too much. You kind of like the way you, you played, but, but that, I mean, that said, whatever, it's just, it's just, it's just words. I don't, I mean, just him talking, he, he won the Super Bowl. He played a major role. He, he can talk. And similarly to like the Jamar Chase, Pat Mahomes thing, I think, they were both, um, you know, Jamar Chase was, if you get the full quote, Jamar Chase was asked basically who was the better quarterback. Well, of course he's going to defend Joe Burrow. He, he, he probably didn't have to say Pat who. He might have taken a little part of that. And, hey, right. Mahomes is within his right. He has the ultimate yeah, ultimate comeback when he's flashing a couple rings and said, you know, when he posted the Pat who uh, comeback. Um, so, yeah, I think this is all, all, in, all in good fun. It makes for good fodder. Again, not probably not the approach you or I would necessarily take, but you know, I, I think it's I think it's entertaining. It will be fun when that when the, the games actually um, are being played. Yeah, and it's and it's you know a lot of times it's 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 I like it when it actually is a little bit more personal than it is like disparaging against the organization, right? That's the yeah, kind of stuff you right. don't want to hear. You don't want to hear that you know it it was a toxic environment that you know. I needed to get out of there and, you know, like that kind of trash talk, you know, when you're like, when you're just like beating the organization down for all the small minor things that they did or didn't do, you know, while you were there playing, that can get a little old, but these personal ones are, are, they're kind of, they're kind of interesting, you know, when, when it, when it seems to be more like personal, personal on, 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 on them wanting to have been there or, you know, with the with the Jamar Chase and and Patrick Mahomes, that's very personal. That's not an organizational issue. This is just yeah. two guys, you know, just kind of trash talking the way that the way that guys do in a locker room. The organizational stuff that brings me back to Carlos Dudlap. He actually this this is why it's so interesting. He's mended fences with the Bengals um, prior to being traded there, middle of the season uh, a few years back to the Seahawks. He like posted photos of how his his uh, home that he put up for sale. He posted a photo of how he was third on the depth chart of the Bengals. There was some bad blood there. Now, yeah. listen, that was that was um, the Bengals. People forget because they've been so good of late uh, the last couple of years. But I mean, that there was not a franchise in worse shape for much of um, for, for much of its existence, much, much of its recent existence. So I, I get how all the losing uh, would, would definitely would cause a player to really push uh, for a trade. So it's interesting how he mended fences. And Joe, I'm, I'm, I am really curious where he ends up. If it, I, and I, I'm after speaking to him, I'm confident that he does play next year. It might not necessarily be with the chiefs. That's still a chance, but like he had a good year, you know, he start he played all ga- all the 17 regular season games, um, you know, 
he was in about half of them. He played fewer than 50% uh, of the snaps, but he still recorded eight passes defended, which was tied for third on the team. I mean, he's so long. That's his best quality. Yeah. Like, he's 6'6", 285. And he had four sacks, which ranked fifth on the team in pretty limited work. I, I think, you know, he's a guy that is still effective. And I he said he knows that teams will want him to mentor, be kind of more of a mentor and, you know, not obviously the every every week starter. Um, Joe, I, I'd be surprised considering he wants to play um, if he did it next year. Would, wouldn't you agree? I, I think I think what's going to happen is it's going to come down to, and I think it was a great point, just to circle back to your comment about, you know, what they need to do with Chris Jones first before they make any other big mm -hmm. signs. That's probably, that's a great point. That's probably what's going to happen here. Um, but I think what will end up happening for him, Jeff, is it's going to come down to, the, the economics of playing one more season mm -hmm. and, and, and what the offer looks like. And, and, if, and if he feels like it's worth it, right. I mean, he's, he's going to have a, he's going to have a number in his head mm -hmm. where he says, all right, I can put my body at risk, practice after practice, day after day, game after game. If I, if, you know, if I do go to a team that is going to give me time and not just want me to be a, a locker room coach or, or sort of a backup, a full-time backup, He's going to balance all of that, right? He's going to probably say, "All right, what, what should I do, right?" And I think he's probably got a number in his head because otherwise he's going to go, eh, "I'll go do my restaurant thing." Especially I'll do my a guy, right? Thing. Especially a guy who really has a savvy business mind and has all these, has really already a post NFL career yeah. set up. Yeah, you know, if it's uh, whatever that number, I don't know what his number is, but you know, it could be whatever. And he might just say, well, that's enough for me to do it and to put in one more season. I can invest that money in my business, you know, so on and so forth. But I, I think he's he's going to have a, a decision to make himself depending on on how much they can, you know, he and he and Drew Rosenhaus can uh, can get for him. And whether it's Dunlap or not, I do expect the Chiefs and whether it's um, before training camp, during training camp, during the regular season, I do expect the Chiefs to add a defensive end. They're just, they're, they're a little, I mean, they have Karloftis who had a really promising rookie year, but he's young. FAU is, is a rookie and not only a rookie, he's a young rookie. You know, he was right. one of the youngest players in the draft. Uh, a man who they can play on the edge a little bit, but you know, they did lose Frank Clark. That's a really, I think that's a spot that they will. And there's, there's actually, um, it's kind of a buyer's market. There's that we mentioned Dunlap and Ingram. Uh, there's, Clowney's out there. Justin Houston's out there. In uh, Yannick in Gakwe's out there. So I, I I'd be surprised if the Chiefs go in. You know, if it's a couple weeks in the season and they they their defensive line roster is is as it is now. Yeah, they're going to need the depth there. And again, I think it all hinges on what happens with Chris Jones, right? And how soon they can get yeah. that deal done. When they can, what kind of extra cash they're going to have around to throw at the person that they have highest on their on their depth chart for you know from a free agency perspective totally well if you enjoy this show presented by bat online please subscribe we're available on your favorite directories itunes spotify google play stitcher luminary and tune in thanks for listening and we'll be back next week thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.